uh, on discipleship, uh, we've been asking ourselves a lot of questions like, who's God? And what is a disciple? What does a disciple do? In the last couple of weeks, we've been asking, uh, how do we love God on a day-to-day basis? Um, like three weeks ago, Debbie spoke um, on spending time with him, taking time to uh, just be with him, set aside everything else, just be there with God. Uh, and a couple weeks ago, we had worship night, and I was just talking about that. We had a bunch of stations. We worshiped with song. We worshiped um, in some other ways as well. <clears throat> and today, uh, we get to continue talking about ways to love God and ways that we get to uh, express how much we love God on a day-to-day basis. And today, we're talking about loving God by obeying what he has to say. So, with that out, everyone take a deep breath. It's going to be fine. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and pray. So pray with me for a second. God, um, thank you for your word and everything that you um, have made known to me as I've prepared this lesson about obeying you and how good that is and um, all the ways in which uh, we obey you because You've been so good to us. God, I ask that you would speak here tonight, and um, let me just be a mouthpiece for you. Amen. All right, so historically, people have been pretty bad about obeying God, right? Um, Even just saying that, you might be thinking of like a time in your life, like, oh, crap, okay, this one time. I knew what I was supposed to do, and I totally did not do that. Um, I know I can think of a lot of stuff when someone says, like, let's talk about obeying God. I'm like, Oof. you sure? I, <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> um, and, and one thing that's interesting is that uh, the Bible is full of examples of people who had to make really, really hard decisions. Now, on a day-to-day basis, we don't have to make a lot of the same, like, caliber decisions, right? We have to make different decisions about obeying God. But the Bible's full of stories of people who had to make really, really hard decisions on a day-to-day basis. Can anyone think of like a story in the Bible just off the top of their head where someone had a challenge, someone was asked by God to do something that was tough for them, and they either did or did not do it? Don't be shy. Jonah, right? Jonah was supposed to go preach to the people at Nineveh, a city of people who he did not like. And he was like, I'm not doing that. That's why he got swallowed by a whale and put on the shore of Nineveh. Oops. What else? Yeah. Who? Yes. Yep, you're right. Definitely. Yep. That's in Acts. Thank you. I'm so bad. I was meeting with Matt earlier this week, and I was like, I don't know where anything is in the Bible. I just know that it's there. So thank you. Uh, what else? Adam and Eve, right? Okay, there's one. <laughs> Good answer, right? Like, yeah, what, what did they do? They had they had exactly one rule to follow, right? You can do anything you want within reason, right? Uh, but if you just stay away from this tree, that would be great. Thanks. And then they just went and ate from the tree. Yeah, there's a ton of examples, right? Like, um, you guys mentioned Adam and Eve. Uh, what about Noah, right? Noah was asked to build a boat in the desert in the middle of a drought, it was giant, right? Like, people laughed at him. He had to do something that was not only crazy difficult to do, but looked stupid to everyone else around him. Uh, Abraham. Uh, some of you guys know the story about Abraham and Isaac. 
Abraham had to go and sacrifice his son, or God told him, hey, you need to go sacrifice your son. This is the only son that he had. He was promised to have a lot of family, right? So what am I going to do, right? He had to trust God with that. Spoiler alert, he did not actually sacrifice his son. God said, hey, you don't actually have to do that. Um, Moses, if you've been here on Sundays, we've been talking about uh, Exodus, and we read a passage where Moses was being called by God. God was like, dude, you got to take my people who are in Egypt in slavery, bring them out. And he was like, uh, I really don't like public speaking. Right? Something that we can probably all relate to. I know I can. Uh, this is not comfortable for me. So, um, but he did it, right? He did it. God used him. Uh, what do you guys think about Jesus? And not just broadly, but Jesus having a big decision to make about obeying God. Do you think God, or do you think Jesus ever struggled with obeying God? In, uh, in Mark, uh, chapter 14, and you guys can flip there if you want to. You don't have to, though. <clears throat> Jesus is uh, on his last night with his friends. He knows that he's going to die. Right? That's probably what we'll talk about a little bit on Friday as well. And, uh, yeah, he, he is scared. He goes up to a garden, this place called Gethsemane. Um, and he's with his friends, and they, they're all sleeping, even though they shouldn't be. And the, the scripture says, And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. This is Jesus, right? He's praying to God, God, I don't want to do this. This is going to be very hard. He says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for me, or for you. <laughs> Remove this cup from me. God was literally, Jesus was literally praying to God, God, I don't want to do this. This is scary. I don't know how I feel about the fact that you want me to go die. This is a hard thing for me to do, to obey you. Jesus, right? Continues, says, yet not what I will, but what you will, God, right? So even Jesus had a hard time obeying God. He did it. That's the difference, right? But he had a hard time. He struggled with it. It was difficult. Uh, one more example that I want to talk about uh, is uh, three guys who, in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, had a really, really hard decision to make. Um, and we're going to talk about that, but before we get there, to sort of make it a little bit easier to understand. I want to uh, share a version of this story that comes from my childhood. Uh, who here has seen VeggieTales? Uh, it's good. If you haven't, don't worry. It was a, it was a, like, don't, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a, it was a faith-based uh, cartoon about uh, vegetables. Oh, uh, the other one. Sorry, there should be two tabs. <clears throat> cool. Uh, and stop it at 1830. Uh, yeah, and these guys, uh, to give you the TLDR to, to catch you up, because we're not going to watch the whole episode, I wish. Um, I actually did watch it earlier this week, and it was supremely good, but I could not justify watching the whole episode now. Um, so these three guys, uh, Rack Shack and Benny are their names, and we'll just go with that. They work at a chocolate bunny factory. They uh, are working for a Nebi K. Nezer, that's his name, Mr. Nezer, the head of the company, the king of the company, if you will. Uh, and he is excited because he just sold his two millionth bunny, right? 
good for him, right? He's very, very proud about it. Uh, in fact, he's so proud of it that he decides that he's going to set up sculpture, a giant sculpture of a chocolate bunny, because he's so proud of what he's done and the empire he's built of chocolate bunnies. And he tells them, and actually in a different part, he says, uh, like, wouldn't it be great if everyone else just loved the bunny as much as I do? Right? Wouldn't it be great if everyone just adored this bunny? He sings a song called The Bunny Song. It's good. We don't have that up there. Maybe later. Uh, and it's all about worshiping the bunny. He literally is like, the, the song lyrics are basically like, I disown everything except for chocolate bunnies. It's pretty wild. Um, and he also says, if you guys don't come to this gathering, this statue, and worship in front of it with me, when I say time to do the bunny song, if you don't sing the bunny song, you get, you're a bad bunny, and you get thrown into the bad bunny fiery furnace. Yikes. So these three guys, who in this story, their mom told them, like, chocolate bunnies are great, but, like, you know, maybe don't eat them all and don't worship them. <laughs> uh, these guys had a really hard decision to make, so let's watch what they do. So these guys are in a bit of a pickle. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, the, the scripture, uh, it, it even goes a little bit deeper. It's a little bit, uh, well, I mean, it's real life, right? It's not a chocolate bunny. It's three actual people who were tasked with standing up and bowing down. Well, not both, but, you know, bowing down in front of uh, an image, an idol. Uh, so I'm going to read that section. It's in Daniel 3, uh, chapter, or, ooh, Daniel 3 being the chapter, and verse 1. Uh, and before we start reading, I want to let you guys know um, you can read along with it, and I encourage you guys to read it as well in your own time, because uh, this piece of scripture, I'm, I'm going to like jump. I'm going to jump through it. I'm going to grab different sections from it. And that's not because I don't want you guys to read this. I, I do think every single word in this is valuable. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of repetition, a lot of stuff that gets repeated, and the only reason I'm not going to repeat everything is because it's kind of boring to listen to, and we don't have the time for it. But just want to let you guys know I'm not cutting anything out because I disagree with it. Uh, everything in here is good um, and helps to establish sort of the pomp and like, oh, I'm, I'm King Nebuchadnezzar. I'm the best guy ever, right? That's his whole thing. That's the story there. But um, yeah, so let's read. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits, that's 90 feet, uh, and its breadth, 6 cubits, 9 feet. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather all these people, all these important people who were high-ranking members within uh, the government of Babylon, uh, to come to the dedication of the image that he had set up. And then they all did. They all came to it. And the herald proclaimed, not a guy named Harold, but someone who, you know, heralds, uh, you are commanded, O people, that when you hear the music, the bunny song, whatever music it was, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever doesn't fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the people heard the sound, music, all of them fell down and bowed. At a certain time, the Chaldeans uh, came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. Uh, they said, uh, there are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Their real names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which is why we call them Radshach, or, oof, Rakshak and Benny, because that's way easier. 
Uh, These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you set up. King Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that they be brought. So he brought them before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I've set up? If you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image you have set up. These guys had it rough. These guys had a very, very difficult decision to make. Um, Now, Fortunately, uh, in our day-to-day life, we don't often have to make a decision about bowing down to something we don't believe in or being thrown into a fiery furnace, right? At least not in the same way that these guys did, right? Um, in fact, in, in Matthew uh, 16:24, there's a, a verse about uh, the fact that every day we have to make decisions um, to honor God. I have like a billion tabs and I just grabbed the wrong one. Sorry about that. So this is about doing what is right uh, and making the decision to obey God even in tough circumstances, even when it's hard to do that, even when you're being told that if you do, you'll get thrown into a fiery furnace. Or, more like in our lives, if you don't, you'll get called a dweeb. right? Or if you do something... Uh, you guys understand, right? In your daily life, there are these small choices that you have to make. So, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Taking up your cross is a really, really interesting uh, thing for him to say, uh, considering that he was to die on a cross, right? Taking up your cross every day. What do you guys think that means? The floor is open. Give you your best shot. What is taking up your cross? Okay. Yeah. Right? You have to accept the responsibility in your daily life to go forward and serve God, even when it's hard. Totally. You're right. You're right. So these guys had to make a decision and Fortunately, it was pretty clearly laid out for them. Uh, in fact, we're going to jump over to uh, Exodus 20, which I actually have here. You guys don't have to jump over there. Um, in, in Exodus 20, which is the Ten Commandments, um, there's this passage. It says, You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. No chocolate bunny statues. right? You shall not bow down to them or worship them. Okay. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. They knew the risk, right? They knew the risk of doing this, and not only for them, but for their their kids and their kids' kids, right? 
and they still trusted God, right? They said to Nebuchadnezzar, like, we don't have to answer you in this matter, and God will deliver us. And if he doesn't, then what have you, done? What have you accomplished, Nebuchadnezzar? It's pretty wild. So some of those decisions that we have to make every day, right? Because we don't have to make life or death decisions, at least not terribly frequently. Uh, although a lot of people in the world do, it's really easy to not think about that, right? We're here in Camas, Washington, where uh, if I choose to sit next to this guy who I don't really want to be seen around uh, or not, if, if, I, if I choose to do that or if I don't, right, like that, that matters, life or death. But there are people all over the world right now today who are dealing with life or death issues about choosing to follow God or not. So, um, yeah, questions like where do I sit at lunch today? Who should I talk to today? Should I invite Steve to youth group church? Ask them what they believe. Um, should I finally get started on reading that Bible that I have in front of me? Right. What am I going to do this weekend? Who am I going to be talking to? What are we going to be talking about? There's a lot of really, really seemingly small decisions, so small even that like sometimes we don't even think of them as a decision between honoring God or not. Right. These are decisions that you make without thinking about it. Right. You text your friend. You text some girl. Right. And it's like this is just a decision. This is just part of my life. Right? But every single thing that we do has a consequence, has, an, has a, a purpose. Right? God knows everything that we've done and everything that we will do. Each of these decisions every day are decisions where we have to take up our cross. Right? We have to accept responsibility, like Andrew said, for everything we do. And it's tough. It's really tough. That's why even Jesus struggled with it. Right? This is no light matter. So with all these questions in mind, right, like, all these decisions that you're probably thinking of, of ways in which you are challenged to obey God or not on a day-to-day basis. Um, you also have to think about what does God want? Like, how do I obey God? Right? If, I am, if I'm being tasked with all these questions, if, if every day I am uh, choosing between following God or not following God, is there a guide? Is there some sort of like easy way I can think this through? Is there something I can do to have some sort of semblance of understanding what God wants in my life. Right? You, have to, you have to figure that out. Um, and fortunately, the Bible's full of that. It's really important. I am going to keep saying this. Read the Bible. It's good. It's got all this good stuff in it. Uh, and in fact, I, I want to give you guys sort of a starting place um, for understanding how to obey God. That's in Matthew 22. If you guys want to flip there with me. Uh, Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. So this is sort of the simplified version, right, of what do we have to do each day in order to make the correct decision about honoring God, about obeying God, right? So the simplified version. The Pharisees were asking Jesus, they said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? They were trying to trick him. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. 
So love God, love people. The nice thing about this whole series is that actually next week and the weeks following that, we're going to be transitioning from talking about loving God through worship, through spending time with him, through obeying, and talking about how to love people. Right? So we have a lot more to go here. And, and it's all rooted in this, in this commandment, the greatest commandment, love God, love people. God has plans um, for each individual, though, right? So it's not just as simple as that. There's actually a lot more that we have to know and be able to do in our day-to-day lives as Christians in order to be making the right decisions and obeying God. There's this big Christianese word. uh, It's called discernment. Everyone together. Discernment. Does anyone know what that means? Staff, don't answer. That's totally fine. River knows. Hmm. Yeah, totally. That, that's part of it for sure. Discernment is, uh, is definitely being able to recognize what is right and what is wrong in what people say and what I'm saying, right? You guys have to be able to discern what I'm saying because what if I was telling you guys all to drink the Kool-Aid, right? Hopefully you would not do that. Right? If we were playing a game of Simon Says, and I was like, Simon Says, pat your head. You would probably pat your head. If I said, Simon Says, uh, stand up, then sit down. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> if Simon said, or if I, if I said, Simon Says, like, uh, disown your family, friends, and everything you've ever loved, and also give me $1,000 cash, right? Like, Thank you all for laughing. Thank you for laughing. You have now discerned that one of these things is not correct to do, <laughs> right? So this is a bit of a hyperbole. This is a, a bit of an a exaggeration, right? But every day, you have to listen. You have to be able to understand and discern what people are saying, what things are being put in front of you, right? Do they honor God? Do they not? Uh, Philippians 1, 9 through 10 says, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. First John 4.1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Don't believe everything. Don't believe every feeling, right? But test the spirits to see whether they are from God for any false for many false prophets have gone out into the world right like man wouldn't it be great if like you could just trust literally everything everybody says all the time wouldn't that be good thank you i agree i think it would be good unfortunately we can't right people lie and beyond people lying Society as a whole is lying about some things. Like, we don't have everything correct, right? Like, I don't have everything right. I'm sure that I have an idea about something that is not honoring to God. I'm sure we all do. It's tough. Um, That's why we have to test the spirits, right? That's why when Simon says, pat your head, before you do that, you think to yourself, should I pat my head? Before Simon, or when Simon says, disown your family, friends, and everything you've ever loved, and also give me $1,000 cash, you have to discern that, right? Just stop and think, is this good? Is this God-honoring, right? When someone texts you late at night, 
And they're like, hey, do you want to come over? You got to stop. You got to say, is this good? Right? Can I be honest with myself and say this is what God would want me to do? There's no like right answer to that because sometimes, all right, in, in this in this broad example, that might be a friend who's having a really, really hard time, right, and needs you to come over and talk to you about something that's going on. That might also be a booty call. Let's be real, right? <laughs> Discernment. You got to make the choice every day, and it's not easy. Do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do when he had a hard time? He prayed, right? He went, like Debbie said, he went alone. Right? He went somewhere where he could be quiet, just him, just God. And then he prayed. He was honest with God. Right? How many times do we feel like we're praying and we're like, Oh God, who is so neat and magnificent, bestow me with your blessings on this Wednesday. Right? How many times do we say, God, I'm having a really hard time. Right? Today sucked, God. Jesus went to God and said, God, this sucks. I'm having a hard time. Right? And the way he discerned is in the last sentence of what he prayed. Not my will, but your will. That's like, that's discernment, right? Like, I don't want to go through with this. I don't want to go die. I know what's coming, and I don't want any part of it. But you know better. And you know what's right. I want to go sit with my friends at lunch. And if that guy over there stays over there by himself, I don't care. I don't care. He probably does not need anyone around. It's fine, right? That's another thing we do. We trick ourselves. We justify it. We're like, ah, oh, that's fine. No matter. Someone else will go and help that guy out. Someone else will go be friends with Steve from accounting. Someone else will go be friends with, uh, with Joel and his foot. <laughs> right? Someone else will stick around, right? You have to take the time and discern. Pray. Be seeking out what God has you to do on a day-to-day basis, right? There's another thing, um, and I really want you guys to understand this, because um, discernment is hard, right? Uh, I say it like, Discernment is this one thing, and you have to figure it out, right? That's sort of what I said so far. You have to pray about it. Uh, and that's not easy. It's not easy to discern everything correctly. So why don't you guys go ahead and turn to Ephesians 6, verse 10. And, uh, yeah. This is taking up your cross daily. This is how you will get to a place where you are maybe not comfortable always, maybe not good at it always, but seeking out how to discern, trying to discern, trying to learn about God, right? This, this section, um, if you, like, if you brought your own Bible, or even if you just have those ones in front of you, like, you know, put a corner over or something. This is something that I think, honestly, like, we should read this every morning, every night, whenever, right? On a regular basis, we should read this because this applies to our daily life, right? We have to make these decisions to obey God every day. So, Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. How? How do I do that? Well, let me tell you. 
put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, right? All these things that happen to us every day, all these choices we have to make, like, it's not just like random happenstance, right? There's, there's something there. There's a reason that we struggle with stuff. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, right, things are hard. We have a lot of struggles. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. That's what discernment is, right? That's what obeying God is, standing firm in God. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Right? Read it. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. And I love this imagery with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. This is a daily practice, you guys. This is not something we do one time, right? Just like a a soldier doesn't put on his armor one time and then he's good. He's just going to wear it. He's going to sleep in it. He's going to shower in it. I hope not, right? Like, you have to put that on every day, and it's an effort. You have to don that armor, right? You have to put that on. So we talked a lot about obeying God, about how to obey God, about understanding how God wants us to obey. Um, And I'm sure some of you guys are like, man, it is Wednesday. It is 8.05 p.m. and I could really use a nap. And I do not want to talk about obedience. This is not what I want to talk about. And I think a lot of that comes from not understanding why. Why we obey God, right? We get that we're supposed to, right? You go to Bible study or or, or, uh, Sunday school, and the answers are God, Jesus, read your Bible, and obey God. Okay, we got that. We get it. We know how to do the thing, right? We know how to do the talk. But walking the walk is harder. Walking the walk is something you have to do every day. You have to pick up your cross. You have to put on the armor of God. Daily practices. So, just like at the beginning when I said obedience and we all took a deep breath, let's take a deep breath. What's the point of obeying? It's tough, right? It's really, really hard. Uh, In Luke 9... I really should just like keep this in my hands at all times because I have so many of these tabs. But in Luke 9, and this is verse 23, this is another part about taking up your cross. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Right? The same thing we read about in Matthew, but Luke's perspective of it. It's tough. You have to deny them yourself. Taking up your cross is not just like, well, all right, put on my pants, grab the armor of God, okay, night, grab this cross, all right, here we go, right? Like, it's tough. You have to deny yourself. There's a, there's a, there's a little like, you know, hey, this is hard, right? You have to do this. You have to make this a part of your daily life. 
Um, and obeying God is dangerous, right? Let's go ahead and watch that second clip, right? Uh, these guys knew that they were going to be sent to the fiery furnace. Obeying God, yeah, it looks like that sometimes. <laughs> Obeying God is dangerous. It's hard. Right? Some days uh, it feels like nothing. Some days it feels like everything and more. Right? But there's nothing in my personal experience or in these guys' experience, I'm sure this was probably the biggest thing that ever happened to them in their life, right? Um, there's nothing that ever comes close to the joy and the peace of salvation in Jesus. So obeying God is hard. It's also the best thing you can do. Psalms 8410, uh, we, we sing a song that says these uh, words. Um, it says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. I don't even think, if Andrew, can you put up one finger? Now, can everyone put up all of their fingers? That is not a thousand, right? There's a big difference between one, your thumbs count, <laughs> between one and a thousand. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day with God than a thousand elsewhere. In, in thinking about why obey God, because that's honestly like something that I think we all struggle with, right? We can hear obey God. Again, we hear obey God. It's like, yeah, that's sure. Whatever you say, boss, like that's fine. Um, but when it comes down to actual practice, when it comes down to the challenge, when it comes to you hearing this lesson, you going home, you doing your life, and then you realizing, oh, dang it. I was supposed to obey God there, but I didn't. Or you go on your daily day, daily day, <laughs> you go on your on with your daily life and you encounter something and you realize, oh, this is a hard decision. This is where God would want me to follow him. But I bet it's fine if I just do, but it's fine, right? So yeah, I'm thinking about why obey God. Um, I was thinking a lot about what Alex said actually a couple weeks ago, um, which if you guys don't know this, all of the sermons uh, that we do here and on Sundays are online, and you should really check them out if you missed a week or if you just want a refresher. Um, it was really good for me to re-listen to what Alex had to say. He asked a very important question, which was, what is our end goal as Christians? What's the point? Some of you guys answered, we want to go to heaven, right? It's about telling other people about Jesus, right? Spreading that word. None of those things are wrong. Uh, Alex said, our, our ultimate goal is, as Christians, is, is to glorify God. We're created in his image and designed to reflect glory back to him. How do we do that? We worship him. We spend time with him. We obey him. Because God wants us to do the things that bring him glory. That's the whole point. That's why we're here, is to bring glory to God. Uh, I'm going to quote Alex here because I think it was really good. Uh, Growing spiritually is not just a set of actions that we perform in order to get closer to God. We must first maintain our connection to him. 
Maintenance. Oh boy. Maintenance is obeying God. Right? That's the thing you have to do every day. That's the maintaining of your connection with God is looking at the little things in life. Right? Whatever the little struggle is, whatever a big struggle is, right? And saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you with this. Even though I think I should do this, or even though I know I shouldn't do this, but dang, I really want to do that. I'm going to choose you, God. Maintain that connection. There's another reason, too. Uh, in 1 Samuel 15, uh, it's written, and Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Does God really like cooked goat as a sacrifice as much as he likes us obeying him? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen to the fat of ram. Like, holy cow. Ah, dang it. (laughs) That was not intentional. Good. Good. Wow. All right. Well, here we are. <laughs> God likes sacrifices, right? That he more back then, right? <laughs> you don't have to do any more sacrifices, which is good. Um, not any blood sacrifices, right? Um, but even during that, even when he commanded them, like, "Hey, guys, when you mess up, if you." Just do this ceremony. Kill this ram. Kill this lamb. Kill whatever. Not whatever. (laughs) That was like the wrong thing to say. (laughs) Kill this specific thing in this specific way, right? Offer it as a sacrifice. God would have rather had these people just obey in the first place. And the same thing is now. Even though we don't do sacrifices, God would just prefer if we did what he said in the first place. God delights in our obedience. Why do you think God delights in obedience? Do your parents delight when they say, go do the laundry, right? Do the dishes, do a chore, right? Something that seems so menial, something that, "Ah, I don't really want to do that. That's so dumb. It's so little. Why can't you just do it on your own, right? They delight in that. If you just, have you ever, do this, right? Go home, do a chore without your parents asking for it. And I know you're like, Matt, no, but just do it. Your parents will be like, Oh, my word. (laughs) And they will not forget that, right? That was a huge thing, right? It delights them to know that you obey them because obedience, and and if you get one thing from all of my babbling tonight, I really want you to get this. Our obedience, our daily moment-to-moment choice to follow God is is not an action to earn God's favor. We don't do it because we think that God will love us more if we just do this thing. He delights in us doing what is good because when we do what is good, when we follow him, when we obey him, we are showing him love as a reaction. It's not as an action to gain favor. It's a reaction to what he's already done. Obedience is saying, God, I recognize that you have done something incredible for me. I, not because I think it's going to earn me anything, but because I love you, because you did this for me, I want to show people who you are. I want to sit next to Steve from accounting 
right? I don't want to answer that booty call, but if a friend calls and it, it's late and they need to talk, I'll go do that, sure, right? Whatever that thing is, you guys know what those things are better than I do about your life, right? It's a reaction, a reciprocation in love and worship to God's immeasurable gift of grace. Gift of grace. And Jesus obediently dying on the cross to save us, save you, 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 all of you guys, me too, from the sin that otherwise severs the connection that we need to maintain between God, the God of the universe, and us. To close, I just want to send us out um, this week with scripture in our heart. I want to give you guys, I want to help you guys get the armor of God right here today. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to have you guys close your eyes. So close your eyes with me. Uh, I, I'm not going to close my eyes. but uh, now I'm just going to read off some scripture to you guys. We love because he first loved us. It's 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Grace is a gift of God. And 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. God, thank you for uh, tonight. Thank you for everyone that was here today. And um, thank you for your word and what you have revealed to me uh, through it about loving you, obeying you, and how that's not just a list of chores. That's not just a thing to do, and that's certainly not a thing to do to make you love us more because, God, you've already shown us the best love you can, the best love that exists. God, we thank you for that love. We thank you for Jesus dying on the cross. We thank you for his resurrection. Thank you for the power of redemption from our sins, the sins that we've already committed and the sins that we will commit in the future. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your gift of grace. Amen.